Thank you everybody for tuning in to this, the first episode of what we're calling Accessibility Insights. It's a monthly chat I have with world leaders, influencers, champions of accessibility and digital inclusion. And we're gonna get the show rolling with a brilliant first guest. Well, I am extremely pleased to have Jenny Leigh-Flurry, Chief Accessibility Officer of Microsoft. You're only responsible for all things to do with accessibility right across the whole globe and everything that Microsoft is doing. So no, um, no mean feat there. Um, no so pressure, none at all. Yeah, yes. No pressure doing, and we're gonna touch upon some of the brilliant things that Microsoft have been doing and probably will be doing in this space. But uh, yeah, thank you very much indeed for being the first victim in this new series of uh, events where we hope to talk to the absolute top people when it comes to accessibility, inclusion, uh, across a number of sectors and where better to start than with Microsoft. And it's been a busy a uh, few months and years for Microsoft. So let's just start uh, before we get to some questions, uh, more specific questions about how Microsoft has really been making an impact in uh, recent times. And particularly perhaps if, you know, what the COVID angle is to, you know, what you've been doing differently, etc. So we've had um, you know, 2004, Windows 2004 coming out recently with some accessibility improvements. Um, we've had the ABLE Summit that we'll talk about in a bit. But what for you are the highlights in recent months and what you're particularly proud of uh, Microsoft having done? And if there's a, you know, COVID-19 angle, then please do tell us about right. that as well. Right, happy to. So, you know, thank you for having me. It's um... It's always good to, to wake up because um, it's eight o'clock here in the in Seattle uh, in the afternoon uh, back home in the UK. So I, I love it. It's it's a chance to have a cup of tea and have a good conversation. I am um, home of Starbucks. You need to have coffee. <laughs> I I do I have a mix and I do have actually it's my Edinburgh mug today that's filled up this morning. So yes, all good. Don't don't worry. PG tips all the way. Um, <laughs> The, um, I will say, I think accessibility during these times, I think, uh, gosh, it's never been more, ex more important to think about accessibility during these times. And I think while accessibility has clearly been a priority for, for Microsoft as, as many other companies, um, the limelight that the pandemic has put on the need for access, I think has been Pretty humbling and one hell of a, a sort of a learning journey um, so yeah maybe to touch on that first I think the uh, pandemic came down here in Seattle pretty early it was right at the beginning of, of March um, and literally there was a, a text message I sent to Belle who's my ASL interpreter uh, down the bottom here on the zoom screen um, work from home tomorrow and um, I haven't seen her since um, I, you know, and I think that's normally me and Belle are very much uh, together in a room six feet apart, at least, you know, sometimes a lot less than that. So it's been a very uh, quick and steady, fast ramp. 
Um, we had to learn how to work remotely. This isn't something that we're used to doing. We had to really learn that skill set. Um, I, I will tell you that was its own journey. And I think every individual's been on their journey, sort of figuring out how this works. What we saw um, from the broader perspective was that the Disability Answer Desk, which is our free customer support offering for folks with disabilities to contact us, whether you're a company or an individual, the volumes there shot up. Um, they doubled pretty much overnight. We've been steadily running at two to 300% of volume expectations. And we've been running this desk for seven years. Um, I was one of those customers. <laughs> right. Working um, from home, yeah. Welcome. Um, and and why why did you call Robin? Give me a sense. Um, there was a particular issue with um, updating because well, I mean, basically, when we were updating to the next version of Windows, it was just taking a very long time, and right. it was the I mean, I know it's faster than previous updates, but it was at the point in the update that Narrator wasn't it hadn't got to the point where Narrator could be uh, activated to say that there's so many percent left. So I did it via Be My Eyes, which is a brilliant app where Microsoft is one of the specialist support options. And I just could point the phone at the computer screen and she told me, don't worry, you know, things are happening. Uh, you're almost there. So it was just reassurance on my part. But I have used it for other things in the past that were far more technical. And guess what? They can just jump on. Uh, you just, you know, hit the run, you know, Windows R type in uh, MRT, is it, for remote support, and yep. they're in. And it, that is special. That is incredibly special. But to do it via a couple of taps on your phone, actually, is, is really, really good. So that was a brilliant advancement. It's been a few years since, you know, you became part of Be My Eyes, but that, to me, is my preferred way in, definitely. I, I, I lo love that. I think that's exactly the kind of scenario that we put disability answer desk together for and be my eyes it was always you know it's kind of how the how is this going to work we were first to go with it uh, a couple of years ago but we find that if people use be my eyes to come through they're able to resolve their issue much quicker um and get what get what they need and get back up and running what we saw holistically with the COVID and pandemic was a ton of folks reaching out for i would say a lot of basic needs, they were updating a computer, um, how do I use this, um, I'm new to Microsoft Teams, I, how does this work with JAWS, Narrator, Zoom, um, whatever it may be, um, we saw a ton of that. We also saw different sections of the community contacting us and have done before, and I think uh, we, we saw a lot of input from the, the deaf community and hard of hearing, and I think that's totally logical uh, when you when you think it through uh, the deaf being and myself included very reliant on provision of captioning uh, transcripts uh, how do I get my sign language interpreter moving in the right way also the mobility sector and the number one product that everyone wanted to talk about was teams um, you know teams being one of the the uh, communication vehicles that has had significant growth um, as a result of the pandemic, but also we were able to accelerate a bunch of great features in there to power people up. AI provided captions being uh, top of that list. So mm -hmm. we, you know, I think it was, it was good for us to, and we're still in the middle of this, you know, responding as quickly as we can, getting those features out. 
which is the joy of products and technology, which is, you know, we're no longer are we waiting three, five, seven years for an update. We can update every, every month, sometimes uh, quicker than that, sometimes a little more than that. Um, and I, I will say, well, there's definitely been some issues that, that we've all learned. I learned a lot. Uh, we didn't test for this scenario before the, the you know, COVID hit. Um, a lot of the baseline that we had in place with accessibility, which has really been a priority in the company for a number of years now, um, and we've had a, gosh, 20-year-plus history with accessibility, but really our, our focus in the last few years of infusing it across the company um, stood us in good stead, uh, meant we had the foundation so that we could lift quicker um, as it came through. So yeah, Absolutely. it's been... It's been one heck of a ride, and I'm sure not just for, for um, it's, it's, my gosh, very humbling. Um, and that's been amazing that, um, you know, the virus has kick-started this whole new area of remote working, remote meeting, remote working, you know, collaboration-wise, you know, that have been challenges, you know, for people with disabilities in particular if you had support around you, you know, that they're at arm's length now, and that does have a challenge, you know, for me, rather than just saying to someone in the office, oh, can I borrow your eyes for a second? You know, you have to fire up Be My Eyes, for example. Um, but that legacy, that impetus is going to have a long tail. I think that the new normal may well include a much higher usage of these collaborative platforms. So, all the investment and all the improvement and the huge uptake of, of something like Teams is going to be a legacy of the virus that people are going to benefit from for months and years to come, don't you think? Yeah, I, I do, I do. I, I think, you know, uh, it's, it's very hard. I think there's a pull, natural human pull to go back to the way it was. Um, I actually don't think that is possible anymore. I think when you've had this longer duration, but also there's been a ton of good. Uh, well, I hesitate to say that because there's so much tragedy and pain. Um, you know, my, my own sister works in the NHS. She had COVID. It's you know, just small um, impact compared to what so many other, I mean, this is anxiety ridden. Um, but I think from a technology perspective, it's definitely uh, driven a ton of innovation. Um, I think the, there's risks with that. I think if folks aren't thinking about accessibility, the impact, if you don't, if you do put out something that's inaccessible, it's far more profound. Um, because you, you don't have the ability to just grab a pair of eyes. I don't have the ability to grab a sign language interpreter um and, and understand a video if it doesn't have captions it's it's a whole complicated process now um and so i think that there's ramifications but a ton of the features that we're seeing in teams things like hand raise um which is such a, a an easy one where you can just put your hand you press a button um and it makes your focus your picture visible that you want to say something mm -hmm. something like that was put in um on the back of feedback of I don't know when to butt in. Um, I don't know when the, the next pause is gonna be and I'm scared of overlapping over people. Well, let me just put my hand up. That's got really cool implications for 
uh, cognitive neurodiversity, let alone deafness um, and other disabilities. So yeah, I, I do think that there's a lot with every scenario like this one, you do get an innovation boost. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I hesitate to say that because again, I know so many people have had, it, this has not been an easy time, um, but it's, it's definitely true. Yeah, absolutely. And there were a lot of hasty decisions that had to be made when people suddenly had to work from home. And thank goodness that one of the default options, you know, the Microsoft option, when it came to something like collaborative working and team meeting and that sort of thing, was nice and inclusive. So that's absolutely brilliant. You know, it's not always been the case that the, the, the webinar platform of choice or the online meeting platform of choice was inclusive. But, you know, Teams is definitely um, one of the rising stars in this area and thank goodness and I know how much uh, deliver um, development and you know the roadmap for teams is is a bit of an eye-opener isn't it so that's really really good so if it's okay with you I'm going to switch now we asked for questions for the you know to put to our guests and for you in fact this is from our one of our accessibility consultants mm -hmm. on our accessibility team and they have watched almost all of the uh, sessions from the Ability Summit that was <laughs> uh, yeah, very recently um, a week-long event. And they wanted to know what, for you, were the highlights from the Ability Summit. Maybe you want to tell people what it, what it was if they're not aware. So Ability Summit, um, I, well, one, kudos for watching all of them. That's, well, there were about 23 breakouts, but, you know, two plenaries and a lot of uh, product demos and uh, charity fair and uh, career fair. So there was a lot of content there. The Context Ability Summit is the, the one annual conference uh, that me and my team run. Um, it had very small beginnings. It started 10 years ago when I was chair of the disability group. That's really how I got into accessibility. Uh, when I came to Microsoft in London 15 years ago was building, uh, joining the deaf community and then building uh, the disability ERG uh, from there. Um, and I pulled together this conference 10 years ago with gosh, 80 people in the room people with disabilities talking to one another. I, you know, that was my theory of, you know, let's get people together to have good conversations, what's working, what's not, how do I talk to my manager, that sort of stuff. Um, and then last year, the, the event grew. Um, you know, we've, we've embedded and grown uh, the focus over the years. So we had about 2,500 folks in the room last year for the physical conference. And then this year, we literally turned it to virtual with I think about eight weeks to go. Uh, again, just the timing. Uh, so we learned a ton about how to put on an accessible event, um, accessible virtual event. Um, and uh, the, the shocker for us was just uh, the interest. We, we had almost 7,000 people um, you know, as a part of that, that, that registered and joined from 95 countries, just, <laughs> you know, some of the impacts of these virtual events, the reach is, it's far bigger. So it wasn't just Microsoft people, they were actually mostly external folks speaking. Um, and uh, I would say there were, there were definitely a few highlights. Um, 
Uh, our CEO uh, spoke with uh, Leah Katz Hernandez, who's a phenomenal force of nature in the company. She's in the CEO office. Uh, she was previously at the White House um, uh, with the President Obama administration. Um, and so that, that was just fantastic to see their dynamic and, um, and that conversation. I loved Panos Panay, who's our chief product officer. Um, he's got such a he's passion. He's a force of nature. <laughs> he's, he's on his own. And then he brought a special guest. He brought Michael Phelps along to talk about mental health, which is so important at this time. And Michael Phelps, I mean, crikey. Um, and that was so much fun to record and, mm -hmm. um, um, and get that session out there. Um, I also have to give a, a kudos to Amy Hood, um, who's our chief financial officer, who recorded it. She has such, um, you know, just so black and white, you know, it will be, we will work with our suppliers and we will make them, you know, she's mm -hmm. uh, just, a, again, a, another force of nature, if you like. But I also really enjoyed at the end of both of the uh, two-day keynotes, uh, their hour-long segments, um, a couple of individuals shared their stories with disability. One was Felonise, who is a relatively new hire to Microsoft. Um, and she shared her jo uh, journey with lupus and seeing her disability as a strength. And the other was uh, corporate vice president in HR, uh, Chuck Edwards, who uh, shared his journey with MS. And you know, neither of them, Felonisa shared hers previously. Chuck, this was the first time, um, even though he's been living with it for a number of years. And I think to see leaders really um, leaning in and talking about areas that aren't talked enough about, lupus and MS, um, I think was particularly powering. But there's tons of great content out there. It's all online. It's all on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, check it out. That's the other good thing with virtual events. Uh, you get a lot of, you can go and watch it afterwards. So um, it's all online. Absolutely. Now I'm going to sound really kind of socially... Uh maladjusted here but for me it wasn't the kind of um the, the people stories although powerful as they were it was the demos it was the right. demos of the accessibility features of office of windows of xbox yep. so yeah definitely check that you know whether you're into stories or practical how-to's then yeah go to the youtube channel you can also go to aka.ms slash ability summit and aka.ms is a brilliant i mean i just love that domain i love that url aka.ms go there for for all things microsoft but slash ability summit will give you the highlights of the event as well uh, so accessibility in action um do you want to say a little bit about that what that what's involved with that yeah, there were a couple of things that we we um, announced uh, during the Ability Summit, aside from you know, a lot of the product goodness, that, um, which there was a ton of. Um, one was the Accessibility in Action Badge, which we, about a year ago, in fact, a little bit more, we started putting out, um, we call it the 101 badge. It's the, um, internally for employees, uh, they could take about 90 minutes of training and get a badge. About it's so achievable. It's right. Um, it's not hard. It's, uh, in fact, I, I will tell you that then my internal version included cartoons from Back to the Future because we are that nerdy. Um, and uh, the, it, they were just fun to take. 
Um, but the test at the heart, the, at the end was hard. I mean, you couldn't rush through it. You actually had to consume the content. And it walks through a lot of the basics that, um, you know, not just from a soft skill perspective, but also from a nerdy skill perspective. It walks through a lot and you, you took a badge. We got a wave of feedback from our employees saying, when are we going to get an external version I can, I can share? So we published publish that in May. So this is uh, really, you know, we've took, taken out some of the, the Microsoft um, that might not be relevant external. Um, it's all goodness, but just uh, we took some of that out and really just popped it online for folks to take, leverage, use, get inspired by if, if you're building your own training, because uh, ultimately accessibility can and should be learned. Um, and uh, pop that online. So yes, do go take it. Yeah, and it's, um, it's not just different. practical, it's also about an inclusive culture yes. within an organisation. So yeah, really, really good. Great. I mean, any other highlights for you, either from the summit or what AbilityNet, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what Microsoft oh, is doing now? I can clearly talk to what you've done. No, I'm, I'll leave that to you. I, but I, I would say the other one, the other one that we did put out there was the evolution model. Um, this was really, us, you know, one of the questions I get a ton is how are you driving accessibility at Microsoft? Um, you know, we're a company of 150,000 uh, employees plus a lot of contractors and vendors and suppliers. Um, how are we ensuring that accessibility is part of it, not just Windows or Xbox or Office or Power BI, but how are we making sure that it's infused into our hiring process, our marketing, uh, you, you know, you'll have seen some of the Microsoft ads over the last few years, um, all throughout the process. Um, and really this, the rocket science here is not really rocket science. It was based on uh, a maturity model actually from, uh, it started with a maturity model that we got from Carnegie Mellon University and from uh, Level Access, uh, which is an accessibility consulting firm. Uh, that used to be called SS Bart, and they put out an accessibility maturity model uh, in 2015. We grabbed both of those, we wallowed in them. Um, the accessibility leadership team, of which uh, is across the company, uh, so these are peers in every division. Uh, we then sort of sat and created our own, and then we've been using it for the last four or five years. Um, and every year tweaking it um, and growing it. And so we, we put that online, uh, for, again, for companies primarily to look at, well, how do I bring accessibility into the company? How do I ladder it? Because uh, as you know, it's, it's not an overnight thing. Um, this takes time um, and effort. So we put those business models out. We were also able to, you know, aside from team features, um, you know, the, the great one during Ability Summit was really just making sure that the team's free product set also receives AI captions, mm -hmm. um, which has since then launched. Uh, again, captioning just being so critical during this time. Um, independence aside from anything else, we were also able to release all the incremental improvements to Narrator um, and some of what's happening with the Windows set as well. So yes, there was a lot of goodness that uh, that we shipped in the May. May is always our crazy period, you know, May, June, um, where we ship most of our stuff. Brilliant. Now, you mentioned Power BI there, and there's going to be a lot of corporate listeners, you know, um, who are going to be uh, watching this, 
uh, because you know AbilityNet um, we're very fortunate to have been offering our services to try and improve the uh, you know and certainly in the accessibility maturity model is something that we very are, are very strong proponents of now you know gone are the days when accessibility should have been considered or piecemeal you know or project by project you really do need to embed it in the culture of an organization and we've been very fortunate to you know have very strong links with many many organizations so many are going to be listening now power bi is is a is a hidden gem within microsoft you know many people um unless they're potentially in the right team within an organization might not even know what that is so do you want to quickly brief people on because it's an absolute brilliant set of tools isn't it yeah i mean it it, it really the it kind of does i i love that the product name is very descriptive to what it actually does um what it essentially does is give you the ability to interrogate a lot of data and present that in um beautiful ways um and so it really just gives you the power to architect how you want to portray information uh, whether that's maps graphs tables um and highlighting and digging into the key facets of that data um so it harnesses a lot of um this is a lot of the format principles that you'll know and, and hopefully love from Microsoft, but also uh, the big data principles and the ability to really um, dig into that. And accessibility has been part of how they've been building it, um, which has been a learning journey. I mean, I think that's one from an engineering perspective. Um, you know, clearly Excel as one other on a different level um, data environment has, has always had some core accessibility within it, which we've grown incrementally over time. This is a very visual model. So we've had to take a lot of that wisdom, but also figure out how can we make um, environments that are very predominantly visual accessible. Yeah, accessible. And there's been, uh, I'll tell you some of the conversations have been just uh, fascinating to be a part of as we really think through those scenarios. Um, and so, we continue, you know, the team would say they're continuing to, to work on it um, uh, to ensure that every every single scenario is that way. But um, it's a great tool set. It really is. And you'll see a lot of the information that we have on some of our websites is actually powered by Power BI. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Business insights like you've never seen before right. across a range of, you know, just sucking in data and providing it in their, you know, dashboards you know, to die for, basically. Um, in the closing minutes, let's look to the future. I'm not asking you to divulge, you know, uh, gems or, or kind of uh, corporate secrets, but where is Microsoft headed, uh, particularly in the area of accessibility and inclusion? What are you most excited about in the months to come? Yeah, I mean, I think some of it going back to what we talked about at the beginning, a lot of my focus right now is making sure that we have an inclusive recovery. And I think that couldn't, that's just so incredibly important and vital right now. Um, as more and more return to the workplace, but it's an adjusted workplace. Mm -hmm. um, or need to continue to work at home, as we know so many folks with disabilities will need to. Uh, while sheltering stops, uh, it doesn't reduce the risk that there is uh, with COVID. So we're very much focused on how can we ensure products like Teams, but not just Teams, um, 
you know, we work through the list of features um, uh, that uh, we've collected over the last several months, and we're slowly getting those out, or quickly getting those out. So, you know, one is about inclusive recovery, making sure that people with disabilities are a part of that recovery. Um, and they were empowered through technology to get back into the workforce um, if that's the, the route that folks want to go. Um, I think aside from that, I think we've got, you know, the core fundamentals that we continue to push on uh, with our Windows, Office, Xbox. I think gaming has been a fascinating, another one with, with COVID that we've seen so many people turning to gaming as a source of fun um, and achievable fun um, in the home. And, uh, we started this path with the Xbox Adaptive Controller. Now we're seeing uh, accessibility really being woven into the core of Xbox, but also games. Um, and so how we can get more of those out. Um, I think the other real big avenue is, is making sure that we continue to power products like Seeing AI, which has now taken over 25 million images. Um, yeah, we're expanding the countries there, the teams continuing to uh, drive, um, you know, seeing AI forward and how do we you know, continue that path, but also Soundscape and other products. Um, Soundscape, actually, when you think about, which is all about navigating the world through audio, uh, again, targeting blind low vision, that's who it's been designed with and for. Um, there's Amos Miller, who's been posting a lot of content um, on this. There are some really important scenarios there as we think about navigating pavements and uh, streets when you don't really want to be close to someone you know yeah. so there's some really interesting situations so beyond that you know the the focus on ai continues um we actually um while it, it this wasn't as a result of COVID, i do think that i love how sometimes things happen for the right reasons our latest round of AI for accessibility grants all went to mental health projects. Um, mental health being clearly top of mind for us all um, at these times. And, um, and so just how can we leverage AI um, to really power up more intelligence about how we're using our time um, to sort of provide that relief of having to take every single action, um, you know, letting technology take some of some of that burden as we go forward, and just the data that's needed here to move forward. So, just continuing to think about how we can leverage technology here. Um, mm -hmm. And and honestly, if there's anything that I would say is that's been really important in the last few months is the power of your feedback. Um, I would tell you that that list, I've got 500 features and bugs that I'm really working through um, that have come in in the last uh, several months. Um, that's come from folks saying, hey, I would love to see X. I would love to see this. Um, this didn't work quite right for me. Um, every bit of feedback you give goes into the process and then we work with every single engineering team to motor that through. Um, and so I would just say your feedback, whether it's to Disability Answer Desk, um, any of the other channels we have is utterly paramount. And please keep reaching out. Let us help, uh, whether it's through Be My Eyes um, or Dad, uh, but also give it, tell us what you want. Thank yeah, you there's a brilliant great. feedback hub built into Windows as well. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot here. I'm going to throw you a... <laughs> 
particular question uh, or a request. So there will be other brilliant uh, guests on this monthly series of kind of chats. Who, what would you like to say to the next person uh, that we will be interviewing? We'll put their, your question or comment to them, whether it's a top tip or whether it's a request or, a, or even a question. What would you like to say to the next, you know, very prominent person in the area of inclusion or accessibility uh, from, from you to them? I would say accessibility is not an area that we, if we're going to move forward, particularly in these times, we've got to partner and work together. Um, this isn't an area where we compete. It's not an area where we, um, you know, we've all got a healthy nerd engineer passion to drive the, the industry forward. But I would say that most of the folks that I think you're talking about, um, we, we talk a lot, we, we talk all the time. So I would say, what are we going to do together? Um, yeah, good. Uh, yeah, what can we, what can we partner on? What can we, we motor on? And I think that's really, really important during these times. So yeah, yeah put that on the spot. What can we do together? Wow. Because uh, it's, it is, it's the, you know, when you combine the brain trust that we have. Uh, and I will say that that's been the other just really humbling thing during these times has just been that we have all been chatting on a continual basis. Um, and um, yeah, that camaraderie um, and grounding of what we do and why we do it um, has brought us even closer. That's such a brilliant answer. I mean, something that sprung to mind when you were saying about that, you know, you, you were talking about soundscape earlier and I use that on a regular basis and either you went to Bose or they came to you and said, you know, what can we do together in this area? Because I use Bose's sunglasses that have built-in audio and that have a built-in compass and soundscape not only tells me what's around me, but as I move my head, those instructions about how I can get from A to B, what I'm passing, what's directly in front of me, pans around my head thanks to your partnership with Bose and the fact that there is a sort of audio AR capabilities within those sunglasses. So that is absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, uh, and I will, I will just say, you know, one of the great things like seeing AI is on IR, soundscape is on IOS. Um, we uh, actually, Apple just um, announced that the adaptive controller will work mm -hmm. with their gaming platform uh, mm -hmm. coming up. And, and by the way, the same level of partnership with Google on multiple different areas as well. So it is it isn't something we just talk about it's something we do and i think it's it, because accessibility is something if you need it i don't want you to be worrying about what platform what what environment i want you to be able to get to the technology you need and get going um, there's certainly been that, an awful lot of doing at microsoft in recent years and months and so i'm really excited about you know what's going to happen for the rest of 2020 and for the rest of the decade too so thank you very much, Jenny. Real pleasure having you on. Thanks for being our first. And I really look forward to the series and to what Microsoft is going to do. Thank you very much. Thank you for the partnership. Thank you for the time. Um, I will go and get myself another cup of tea. You go and have a lovely evening. And I'll speak to you all soon. Take Thanks care. a lot. Bye. So please do tune in next month, guys. We have lots of brilliant guests lined up including Caroline Casey of the Valuable 500, 
uh, Christopher Patno of Google, Genesis and Assumption of LinkedIn, who also founded Global Accessibility Awareness Day. We all know about that. So please do subscribe to our newsletter on our website, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the feed, the channel on YouTube, and we look forward to seeing you next time.